for better or for worse, our national politicians today are celebrities. I think it's almost undeniable. We recognize their faces. We hear their speeches. We, found, we find sound bites and clips of their work on media sites, on news presentations. I think it's almost undeniable that they are indeed celebrities. People interview them knowing that these public figures will help them gain ratings, whether they have them on to tear them down or to build them up. And of course, from time to time, they fill rallies with all sorts of people. Once again, celebrity. I was reminded of this sort of celebrity not terribly long ago. I was at our congregation's booth at the Tucson Festival of Books, and a crowd kind of made its way past our location there when somebody pointed out to me, do you see what's going on over there? I hadn't realized what was going on until they said, there in the middle of that crowd is Senator Bernie Sanders. I even got a little glimpse of the back of his head. But through the next few hours, I also heard his name repeatedly because people kept on looking for where is he, where is he going to be so that I can see him and that I can see or hear rather what he has to say. At least that day and for that moment, he was a celebrity. Jesus, on Palm Sunday, had sort of a celebrity experience. There were the the large crowds. There were all the shouts of joy and praise. There were the, the coats and the palm branches. And Jesus rode on a donkey with the crowd going in front of him and following behind At least for that time, at least for that moment, he was a celebrity. Of course, we won't really compare Jesus to the politicians any more closely than that. The comparison breaks down extremely quickly. And yet, Matthew, in his gospel, makes it clear to us that Jesus is a king but he's a unique king. He's a special king. Well, we could say to us, any king is unique and special. We're not really experienced in living under a king. We've got a whole different circumstance, a whole different way of of governing this nation, so we don't think about kings in that way, although we recognize what kings are, we understand this, We know the politicians a little bit better, and I think it's fair to say whether you particularly like or particularly dislike any given politician, you realize that all of them fall short of really the ideal, really all of the things that we would like in our leader. So even though they have celebrity, we know that they've let us down in some ways. That's not the case with Jesus, our King. 
The gospel writer Matthew, by God's guidance, connects what happens on Palm Sunday with the prophecy of Zechariah regarding the humble king coming on a donkey. And so today we join with the the Palm Sunday crowds. We try to get a glimpse of this celebrity figure in the midst of those crowds. And we have God himself urging us on to do so because God says, look, your king comes to you. See what an amazing king he is. See how amazing are the things that he does. Jesus is getting ready to make this grand entrance into Jerusalem, but he needs a donkey. And so he sends for a donkey, sends two disciples. He's on the Mount of Olives. He sends them ahead. In fact, he sends two disciples to get two donkeys, a colt and its mother, to bring those donkeys back that he might ride on the one. He tells them what they can expect, where they can find the donkey, words that they can say if anybody questions or opposes them, and they go out and carry on with his instructions. Do you, do you sense already in that part of this account how amazing our king is? Jesus gives his disciples instructions. He knows exactly where his chosen donkey ride is going to be found. He anticipates all the issues, all the problems that might come up. He knows exactly how this is all going to play out, and it should not surprise us one bit. It happens just as he says. What word might you use to describe a king who operates like that? Maybe we would call him a wise king. Maybe we would call him a a confident king. Maybe we would say that he is a trustworthy king. All of those words are good. They're certainly accurate. But I think the word that springs to my mind describing a king like this is powerful. This king has the power to to look into the future, to know exactly how everything is going to work out and play out. He has the power to give his instructions and to have them carried out exactly as he says they're going to be and have everything turn out exactly as he desires. It's not like he's a president trying to do the best with the circumstances that present themselves. This is no mere earthly leader. This is God himself. This is the creator of the world with all power and authority. There is literally nothing that is too much for him to do or too much for him to accomplish. That's the one who sits on a donkey and rides into Jerusalem and receives the appropriate praises from the people crowded around him. And that's not all. Jesus is a powerful king, and he is also a humble king. Jesus' humble attitude is clear throughout this account, just like it is clear throughout his ministry and even throughout his life. In fact, Jesus' humble nature 
is a defining characteristic of him. Zechariah's prophecy talked about it. How this king would be humble riding on a donkey. But he's not just talking about Jesus' Palm Sunday experience. Jesus' humble uh, attitude doesn't apply only to this particular event. It's his whole life, and it's even beyond that. True God, creator of all things, eternal. And yet he is born as a servant. He clothes his glory. He hides it not only in human flesh and blood, but in lowly and humble human flesh and blood. You can see how humble he is because a celebrity experience like Palm Sunday, well, that only happened on a very rare occasion. The rest of Jesus' life, the rest of Jesus' ministry, he is attacked and persecuted, and questioned, and frowned upon, and even hated. Paul describes his attitude this way. He emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant. When he was born in human likeness, and his appearance was like that of any other man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He was a humble king. The, the most humble of all, which is amazing because he's also the most powerful of all. But there's a reason for that. And the reason is that Jesus is coming as a focused king. He was riding into Jerusalem for a purpose, and he had a plan. His popularity, his celebrity on this occasion was going to serve that plan as well. See, what it would do for his enemies would upset them even more. They would be even more committed to their nefarious plans to put him to death, to carry out their plots against his life. Jesus was heading into Jerusalem with a, with a purpose, with an intention, with an object, and that object was his own execution. He was riding on, as our hymn said it, he was riding on to die. Now the crowd seemed to have a, an incomplete understanding of all of this. They asked questions, they wondered who this was, and they answered that, well, he is the prophet from Nazareth. But he's more than that, isn't he? And it's found in their words of praise Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. These are words that reflected his purpose and his mission. These are words that describe the Messiah, the promised one, the coming one, the chosen one. These are words that are filled with, with hope and with joy. He's going to do something for his people but again, the limited understanding of the crowds, how many of those people thought he would be just an earthly sort of king? Just the sort of king that they could understand and they might expect. They hoped beyond hope that Jesus would be the one to come in and free them from the authority of the Roman Empire, 
free them from the, the politicians who locally exercise that control over them. After all, they were the once proud, chosen people of God. But this powerful king, this humble king is not focused on that mission. He is focused on his mission. He is focused on rescuing people from their sins. That's what God had promised. And God promised it because we needed it. We've been making this loose comparison between Jesus, who was powerful and humble and focused, and our politicians today, who I suppose are not always so powerful or always so humble or always so focused. But let's set that comparison aside for a moment. Let's make the comparison between what we see in Jesus and what we see in ourselves. How about powerful? How does that go in your lives? Are you powerful enough to stand up against temptation, to reject it out of hand, whether it's a big temptation or it seems like a small temptation? Have you done the things that are the right things even when they're the hard things to do? What about humble? Do you put others before yourself? Do you think of them first, their needs, their desires, how your actions might impact them? Do you sacrifice of yourself for somebody else and for their greater good? How about focused? You know, kind of focus comes naturally to us. Oh, I like to focus on me. Or certainly it comes naturally to us to focus on the things that we see, the things of this world, the things that we can touch, the things which, by the way, are going to pass away. And so we get way too connected to those things. It's not a pretty comparison to make, is it? Between Jesus, who is powerful and humble and focused, and how that plays out in our lives. But look. Look, your King comes to you. He is powerful as the true and almighty God, and He is humble for you. He's humble in your place to do the things that you failed to do. And you know what he's focused on. He is focused on your salvation. He's serving and loving everyone. Everyone else even more than he loves himself. That's the perfect humility that he has shown his entire life, his entire ministry, and he rides to Jerusalem on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, in order to fulfill every prophecy that was said about him on his way to dying for you on the cross. And so his life 
has become yours, and your death has become his. And now your king invites you to follow his example even more closely. And now your king empowers you to follow his example. He makes you powerful. Powerful to stand up in the face of temptation, built up with that power of his word and his sacraments, your faith strengthened, that you might push back against temptation more and more in your life. He's made you humble. He's made you humble to want what's best for other people and not just be concerned about yourself. And that same sort of humility shows itself in recognizing that you couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. We could do nothing for our salvation, but Jesus has done it all. He gets the credit. He's given it to us as a free gift. And he makes you focused. Focus no longer on the things of this world, but focused on him, focused on his love, focused on the eternity of joy that he has promised to you, and focused on sharing that good news with others. Yes, for, for better or for worse, today's modern politicians are celebrities at least to a degree but their impact the things that they can really accomplish those things are very limited at the best they can make a difference for this life and this time and then their impact will fade away and pass away not so jesus Jesus is a king unlike any other. He's not a politician. He is the Savior. He is humble. He is powerful. He is focused. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen.